Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. Reality entertainment is everywhere these days. Thanks to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, we can follow people's lives more closely than ever before. And over on the television side, shows like The Bachelorette, The Masked Singer, and The Real Housewives are still some of the highest rated programs out there. Legendary superstar comedian Larry the Cable Guy! No way! Are you not entertained? These shows are based on real people reacting to real situations. Or at least situations that pretend to be real. The only thing that keeps my mind sane is the fact that my pastor is on the way. I'm trying to keep my Jesus because you one step away from getting your face punched in. We're so used to it by now that it feels totally normal. But this kind of entertainment only took off in the last couple of decades. The first really big reality show was Survivor, which started in the year 2000. Over 120 million people tuned in to watch the season finale. The winner of the first Survivor competition is Rich. Congratulations, Rich. That same year, a computer game came along that perfectly tapped into this hunger for reality. It was called The Sims. Lovable, unpredictable, programmable. It's The Sims. When you create the characters and design the surroundings, anything's a possibility. The Sims. It's a new game every day. The Sims was unlike any game that came before it. It wasn't a platformer like Mario Brothers, or a racing game, or a puzzle game, or a first-person shooter. Instead, it was called a life simulation game. In it, you make a customized character who can decorate their house, watch TV, do the dishes, learn an instrument, and find a job. They can also get excited, depressed, they can laugh, get into arguments, and even fall in love. The Sims was created by a game studio called Maxis Software. The company's founder, Will Wright, had always been fascinated by architecture. His first big success was one of my favorite games of all time, Sim City. In it, you build your own city from scratch. That's what it sounds like when you build power lines. In the early 90s, Will's house burned down. Fortunately though, he and his family were all okay. But this experience got him thinking about what really mattered in his life. In an interview with the website Berkeley Side, Will said, quote, When something like this happens, you get a big picture. Where do I want to live? What sort of things do I need to buy? From there, Will started reading studies about people's shopping habits and how they spend their free time. He started thinking about a game that would be like SimCity, but more personal. Instead of building an entire city, your character would build a home and go about their everyday lives. When he took this idea back to the Maxis board of directors, they weren't very impressed. But shortly after, Maxis was acquired by an up-and-coming juggernaut of a game company. EA Games. EA Games saw the potential in Will's idea and gave him the money he needed to make it. So Will and the Maxis team got to work. 
We just sat in a room <laughs> and designed the game for a couple of years. That's Claire Curtin. On The Sims, I was a designer and the voiceover director. When Claire first started working on the game, it wasn't even called The Sims. It was sort of secretly called Dollhouse. That name didn't last too long. Dollhouse was seen as being too girl-focused. And of course, this game was to appeal to not boys or girls, but everybody. So they settled on the name The Sims, which is short for simulated people. It's also what the people in SimCity were called. The Sims, as an overall overarching name, was just the right thing for how this game developed and evolved. By the late 90s, The Sims was almost ready for release. But the designers still hadn't decided what the characters would sound like. They were worried that using a real language would get super repetitive. If you look at The Sims, the players constructing a universe where they might test out things over and over and over again. So what we didn't want was repetition. And there is nothing more boring than hearing the same phrase over and over and over again from the Sims that are on screen. So we needed to remove the structure of language, any language, that your ear would just get so used to that it would become boring and annoying. Instead of using an existing language, they decided to just make one up. They called it Simlish. At first, they tried blending sounds from different languages together. We tried mixing up some languages that we knew a little bit of. One was with Ukrainian. I think we had some Estonian. We were really just trying to find the right vocal sound that was, again, not too repetitive, but carried a lot of emotion. But none of these ideas were really working. Then Claire remembered an exercise that she had seen actors use. There's an exercise that's done in improv theater of making up, I think, a poem of two actors on stage. One will make up a poem in a completely gibberish language, and the other one will translate it into English. And it's usually hilariously funny. Claire realized that this could be a great way to approach Simlish. It would allow these characters to be expressive and animated without being locked into the rules of any specific language. So she brought two improv actors into the recording studio. Stephen Kieran and Jerry Lawler were the male and female voice in the game, and they were the most playful and creative people, and boy, were we lucky to have them. While they recorded, the actors would watch animations of the characters moving. And these were just wireframe animations, not clothed, no expressions or anything on the sim. And both actors were in the booth at the same time. And as they were watching the animation, they would voice with their own ideas of what it should sound like. And then we would bounce back. <laughs> and we would sometimes do, depending on the complexity of the animation, 10, 15, sometimes 20 takes a person going back and forth and back and forth. This girl, it's fancy. Mada knock knock. Oh, oh, peep. Oh, it's down and The great part about that 
was that they could play off each other and they were great friends and could really read each other because they had done a lot of improv on stage together. So the flow of this was really just terrific and very energetic and really exhausting, too. Now, there are a few official Simlish words that have developed over the years. For example, sul sul and dag dag are both common ways to say hello and goodbye. Yes is yibs and no is neeb. But 99.9% of the dialogue in the game was made up on the spot by the voice actors. And that gives these simlish conversations lots of variety. It also allows you to imagine what these characters are talking about. The point is that you put your own thoughts and your own responses onto that gibberish that you're hearing. When The Sims finally launched in the year 2000, it was a huge hit. It sold 11 million copies, which made it one of the most popular games that year. Pretty soon, EA started releasing expansion packs for the game, followed by several sequels. As the series grew and grew, more voice actors got to learn the secrets of Simlish. That's Kritia Bajos, a voice actor who's been working on The Sims for almost a decade. At this point, speaking in Simlish is almost second nature. I joke that I'm trilingual, you know, Spanish, English, and Simlish. I just love the way it rolls off the tongue. I can make it like, oh, panadayola, or, oh, panadayola. So it really gives me a lot of range. Kritia fell in love with Simlish in her first audition. I remember specifically the audition was pretty great because it was like a sim in front of a mirror and she's checking herself out. And we always start with nonverbals with sims and it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> ooh, bate. You know, you're just making things up and then maybe you're angry or you're on the phone and like, oh, you know, wadaba nushka since Simlish has basically no structure, you might think it would be easy to pick up, but it's actually pretty hard to talk continuously without using any real words. Some of the voice actors they bring in just can't pull it off. I worked with one of the gentlemen that unfortunately got cut, and he was having a hard time with it. I think a lot of it, and I think that this is true to most artistic endeavors, is the ability to release control. For stuff like this, you've really got to just be be able to flow. I think just being relaxed about it. Once you get the idea of the world that you're supposed to be living in, I think the best thing to do is kind of free fall into it and let your own instincts guide you. But for some people, finding that flow is almost impossible. It's kind of funny with the Simlish because some people sort of got it and could do it and other people could just never do it. That's Jerry Martin. He was the audio director and lead composer for The Sims and SimCity. Like Kritzia, Jerry has seen a lot of people who really struggle with this gibberish language. In fact, there was a point further on in the series where Drew Carey... Hey, welcome to Whose Line Is It Anyway? The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. He apparently really liked The Sims and wanted to get involved. And so he wanted to do some Simlish. And so I sent one of my sound designers down to LA to record him. 
apparently he couldn't really do the simlish. He couldn't improvise. So he actually wrote it out phonetically or so. I don't know how exactly how he wrote it out, but he wrote it out. And so he did it that way. Those recordings were used in the Sims House Party expansion pack. If your character throws a good enough party, a Sim version of Drew Carey shows up in a limo. But Drew Carey wasn't the only celebrity who made it into The Sims. After the game became a hit, EA got artists like the Black Eyed Peas, the Flaming Lips, and Katy Perry to record Simlish versions of their music. All the while, this gibberish language started spreading to the masses. That's coming up after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Congratulations to Lily Broberg for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That's the spooky sound that the furnace makes in Home Alone. Originally, the director planned out a whole nightmare sequence where the house attacks Kevin. If you listen closely, you can hear the furnace saying his name. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you recognize that sound, tell us what it is by visiting the web address mystery.20k.org. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win one of our world-famous, super-soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirts. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Sims is a real-life simulation game that came out just as reality TV was taking off. In the game, the characters all speak a quirky, gibberish language called Simlish. <laughs> Even if these sounds don't have any specific meaning, they still do a great job of conveying emotion. Just by listening, it's pretty easy to tell when your Sim is excited about something. 
Oh, it's that I want When they're angry. You want to Or when they're being flirtatious. Nizobrib. Oh. But of course, Simlish was just one part of the game's overall audio experience. They also needed music that would be just as distinct and memorable as the dialogue. I basically wrote some simple sketches of some melodies and some chords. And, you know, I had some little riffs and stuff in mind. That's Jerry Martin, who composed most of the music for the original game. When Jerry first started, Sims creator Will Wright gave him some general direction. His input was he wanted to hear kind of a new age jazz feel for the build mode in The Sims, which turned out pretty good. Other than that, I was pretty much on my own as far as figuring out what might go good with it. I sort of came up with the idea of this sort of 50s shopping music, kind of a throwback to the old, you know, nice family TV shows. In the game, your sim can also listen to the radio and tune in to different stations. That means they needed songs in a bunch of different genres. For instance, Will Wright specifically wanted a bossa nova song for the Latin station. For the country station, they brought in a live bluegrass band. Now, some of these songs were instrumental, but others needed vocals, simlish vocals. So Jerry had to coach these studio musicians to sing in Simlish. According to him, the key is to mumble. One of my pet peeves with Simlish was when some of the actors would enunciate too much, it would sound kind of fake to me. So I would always try to get them to make it more mumbly so that it sounded more realistic. For example, here's a country tune called Yippio Kayo. And here's a hair metal song called Sim Hagar. This one has a pretty strong 90s alternative rock vibe. To create the rap station, they auditioned a bunch of different rappers. Jerry remembers having to remind them not to fall back into their English lyrics. A lot of them would kind of revert back to their rapping and sneak their words back in. As the series got bigger and bigger, so did the star power behind it. Pretty soon, famous artists were recording Simlish versions of their songs to use in the game. The Black Eyed Peas re-recorded several tracks for an expansion pack called The Herbs, Sims in the City. Here's the original version of their song, Shut Up. And here it is in Simlish. Y'all moving up, don't stop. I don't be buying the dime. 
For the pet expansion pack, the Flaming Lips redid their song Free Radicals. Here's the original. You think you're so radical. I think you want to stop. And here's the Simlish version. In 2010, Soulja Boy released his single, Speakers Going Hammer. My speakers out of space like E.T. Cops watch me all day like TV. The Simlish version came out just a week later, in the late night expansion pack. For a mini expansion called Katy Perry's Sweet Treats, Katy Perry re-recorded her song Last Friday Night. And the Simlish version is called Las Frubinu. And it doesn't stop there. Depeche Mode redid their song Suffer Well. The band Fun did a version of their hit single We Are Young. Nelly Furtado did her song, Manos El Aire. And speaking of Nelly's, a recent Sims expansion pack included this cover track. So if you ever wanted a kid-friendly version of Hot in Here, ditch the kids' bop and turn on the Sims soundtrack. Of course, EA wouldn't be licensing all of these songs and making all of these sequels if the games didn't have a huge fan base. The people in the community around The Sims are amazing. Really passionate bunch of people from all over the world. I'm Rachel. I'm known online as Rachie Bop. I have multiple YouTube channels and I love playing The Sims and making videos about The Sims. Rachie Bop has been a Sims fan since the very beginning. In the year 2000, my friend had bought it and he said, oh, I've got this game. I think you'll really like it. And goodness, I remember setting up a little home. After a few hours, she decided to take a break, so she put her sister in charge of watching over her Sims. But when she came back, she found out that her Sims house was on fire. My poor little sister, she's like a lot younger than me. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry, he started a fire and now they're all dying. <laughs> so after that, I was totally hooked. And then I got really into it when The Sims 3 came out and started buying every pack and all the DLC and that kind of stuff. And it's been like that ever since. Just obsessed. (laughs) 
These days, Ragebot posts all kinds of Sims content on her YouTube channels, including reviews, demos, and Simlish tutorials. Sutsu! Hello. Oh, Phoebe Lay. I'm hungry. Nubu. Baby. But her favorite videos to make are when she sings Simlish versions of popular songs. When I make my Simlish parody videos, I am transported to this magical place in my head and it just flows out of me. Definitely the best and easiest one to sing was Hello by Adele. <laughs> because that's just so funny as a concept in itself. Sutsu, Obi, but yeah, that was the nicest because it's nice and slow and you can belt it out. <laughs> so it sounds like really passionate like a sim. I think the comedy in it, the fact that you've got this person singing this completely made-up language and absolutely, probably sounding very awful, just singing her heart out is just so funny to me. It just adds to the comedy of the game, which is what The Simlish and The Sims is supposed to do and just make people smile. Hey, It's been more than 20 years since the first Sims game came out, and the series is still going strong. Even playing it for just a few minutes, it's easy to see why it became such a hit. It's one of the first games that allowed you to create a world that's exactly the way you want it to be. And it's not just a world, but a life. It's like truly universal, worldwide, age-wide. It can just be played by anybody. It's not violent. It's just so pure and you can take it in any direction that you want to. Simlish is just one part of this game, but it's a crucial part. It's a gibberish language where the only meaning comes from the emotions behind the sounds. And that means that anyone can understand it and anyone can speak it. The Sims would not be the Sims without Simlish. It's a language from no one made for everyone. Everyone has access to it. Nobody is excluded from it. And I think it's really amazing that they had that vision when they first created this game to have a language where it would be accessible to all. For superfans like Bob, Simlish has become more than just part of the game. It's part of their culture. It's a very special thing for Simmers. It's like deep-rooted in us as we play. If you know it, then you must play this game that I love, so it's immediate friendship. I mean, like loads of the people that we meet when we go to international events or online especially, you don't really know like who you're talking to. They just say Susu and you know, <laughs> they're a friend. <laughs> Twenty Thousand Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. To get some tasty Sonic snacks, follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram. 
This episode was written and produced by Hannah Seo, Andrew Anderson, and Casey Emerling. With help from Sam Reinbold. It was sound designed and mixed by Soren Bejan. And Joel Boyder. With original music by Wesley Slover. Thanks to our guests, Claire Curtin, Kritzia Bajos, Jerry Martin, and Rachel Purdy, also known as Rachie Bob. You can find links to Rachel's YouTube channels in the show description. Thanks for listening. Dag, dag. Dag, dag.